Yeah, g'day and welcome to the Two Jacks. I think this is episode six. G'day, Jack. Hong Kong Jack's with me. How are you, Jack? G'day, Jack. How are you? I'm very, very well, mate. And uh, I think we're at episode six, or is it five? I've lost count. Oh, six, I think. Yeah, I think we're at six. Uh, and this uh, stellar show now. Tell us what's going on in Hong Kong, COVID-wise. Uh, some big announcement yesterday, Jack. Uh, the, the 21-day quarantine has been dropped back to 14. Um, uh, our Mrs. Lamb, our chief, uh, tells us that's because the Omicron variant has a short incubation period. But it might also be due to the fact there's a lot of pressure from the business community who need that. Um, they're, they're paying money to have their people quarantined, so it's getting expensive. Mm. Um not much used to if you're, if you're in Australia or the US or the UK because you can't fly in anywhere. Can't go there anyway. No, not, at least not until mid-Feb and I think it's the 18th of Feb, but no one really thinks that's uh, written in stone. Um, meanwhile, the European Chamber of Commerce here um, are given their prediction, um, one of these, uh, they've hired a set of uh, you know, a consulting firm to tell them when they think Hong Kong will open up, and their answer was, Late 23 or early 24. Really? Which was making me, think, making me think I'm going to be like one of those people who were stuck in Portugal for the duration of World War II, you know. I mean, <laughs> Get that beer neutral, growing, mate. Yeah, neutral territory, but, yeah, you can't go anywhere. You know? Get that beer growing, mate. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll have to... We'll have to cut a sway to get you out of your apartment. It'll be covered in jungle by that stage. <laughs> um, uh, <clears throat> Uh, uh, look, I presume that's based on you know Chinese policy now. So, uh, so things could change. Yes, of course, of course they could. And twenty three, twenty four is a long time. And, and I, I just love the way these organisations present what's really a bit of guesswork based on the current policy. They present it like it's a scientific exercise in working out when it's going to happen. You know, um, never very convincing. Anyway, meanwhile we've got. Uh, they're locked down a public housing estate. And when I say a public housing estate, um, it's as, it, it's got about 35,000 people living in it. Um, right. And not, and not all of it's in lockdown. Only some of the towers are in lockdown. But it's as big as a, a small rural Australia, a decent-sized rural Australian town. Um, and they've locked down four streets in Jordan, um, not far from the ladies' market for anyone who's visited uh, Hong Kong and likes shopping. Um, and these are... Uh, you know, six-storey six walk-ups, mainly of subdivided flats, which the poor elderly live in. And they didn't want to shift them out to Penny Bay because they're running out of room, but also because um, uh, I think they, they, were, they, they were worried that, the, um, that the, the people from Jordan, if they got to Penny Bay, might want to go home. You know, they'd be thinking, well, I've got my own bathroom. Yeah, that's a bit of a novelty. Well, yeah. provided they deliver the food on time and the electricity. Because uh, yeah. they had a few problems there a few weeks ago. Yeah, that, well, but, but these people are used to having a little bit of intermittent power and no, and no Wi-Fi, so, uh, you know, it mm. wouldn't be quite the hardship. Mm. And you do get your own bathroom. Yeah. Um, so meanwhile, look, there's, uh, there's um, big, big, big heat coming around the Ukraine. What's going on there, Jack? Look, I, look, it's very hard to tell from here. I mean, I, um, is is he going to go while the ground's still frozen, uh, you know, before the thaw comes um, and get it done? I mean, uh, I was talking to a, a bloke who knows a bit about this, done a bit of service, and uh, he said, well, look, he might be looking at it and thinking he can do Gulf War One, you know, in a, done and dusted in a week, you know. Um, 
Well, that looks less likely now, doesn't it? Because yeah. because US President Joe Biden, number 46, has uh, pledged troops, so there'll be US troops on the ground, just a small contingent, about 8,500, with uh, the prospect that it will be boosted up to 50,000. Now, that would give Putin pause, surely. Oh, and I mean, he's, got, he's got the Germans and the French right behind him, hasn't he? Well, we haven't heard much from them. They're, they're still sitting with the gas heaters on, of course, yeah. and, uh, and and hoping that they don't stop all of a sudden. Yeah. Because uh, it'd be quite cool. And it's quite cool in Germany and France this time of year and uh, right now in particular. So Germany and France, as senior NATO uh, members, have had very, very little to say about this. It's been left to Biden and the US administration and uh, and to uh, and to Boris, who's also weighed in there too. Um, Boris made a speech, did a pledge directly to Russians uh, that the, they don't want another Chechnya, which is how he sort of tried to betray it. I think it was a sensible thing in many ways, and that it was saying you you don't want your sons and daughters dying over this. That's, no, what he, well, that's, that's what that's, Boris was saying to the Russians. That, that, and that's a, pretty, that's a pretty fair point to make. If you, if you can make it directly to the Russian people, I think that's probably a fair point to make. Not that that's going to change Putin's approach much, I don't think. Yes, we'll just have to see. I mean, there's obviously going to be huge repercussions, but I think now you've got US troops on the ground. And, and, and another interesting element of that is that the GOP or most of the members of the GOP, the Republican Party, do not support American engagement. Well, uh, Joe Biden has made that commitment, an early commitment. <clears throat> well, there's, there's, there's kind of two groups of them. There are the, yeah. the new neocons, the neo-neocons, um, uh, who have never seen a war they don't want to get involved in. Um, and then there are the, the more isolationist strand of the, G, of the GOP who are saying, no, this is not a, an occasion for us to get involved. Yeah, and, and I suspect Putin has, has uh, probably uh, put a lot of uh, uh, his thinking behind the fact that you may still have a very large and persuasive isolationist group within, uh, within American politics at the moment. Um, that will sort of allow him almost carte blanche. I mean, if you've got Germany and France silent and then, you know, the US uh, not taking it seriously, um, not engaging, uh, withdrawing, in fact, from the world. But that seems not to be the case. That's that's the thing I think of this change in the last week. We've still got massive troop uh, uh, (coughs) roll-ups in by the Russia... uh, and uh, on the Ukrainian, on the Ukrainian east border as and, well, and out in the Black Sea, and out in the Black Sea, and, and a potential point of uh, invasion through um, uh, through Sebastopol around that way. Um, I, I, I just think he's playing a much more dangerous game now, and he would have to realise that you know America's not going to not not going to sit on its hands. I can see why the Germans don't want to get involved because they really are dependent upon the on the Russian gas. But the um, the French uh, are, are energy exporters because of all their wonderful nuclear power plants, um, and they and the Germans you know, haven't been militarily aggressive. You know, oh, gee, since about nineteen forty five. Um, but the French are—they've got form for this. It's it's a bit unusual that they're sitting on their on their hands a bit on this. Yeah, this bit. Um, look, meanwhile, look. Meanwhile, Australian uh, LNG is being shipped off to Europe. Um, mm. 
And uh, I wonder what that will do to the price of gas there and here. It's uh, almost going to add a little bit more of that inflationary pressure, Jack, that we've been talking about. Yep. Uh, We'll get to that a little bit later in the show. But when we heard Boris make an impassioned speech to the people of Russia, the mothers of Russia, really, telling them not to... not to uh, lose their sons and daughters uh, to a pointless territorial war. Um, Boris is <coughs> having less, <laughs> having making less sense uh, in the Commons in regard to uh, the parties, which he doesn't 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 like to use the term party because it's you know it's got all sorts of connotations about it. But mm. yeah, there was one party, and then there were two, then were three, and uh, and it. Uh, it's causing him a huge political problem at the moment. It is. It is. It's very hard to know exactly where it's going to go. He, he, we waited for the Sue Gray report, the publican from Northern Ireland, uh, and that seems to have disappeared into into Whitehall and no one seems to know where it is now. It's very, very odd, isn't it? Everything's, everything really turns on, on Gray's report. She is a senior... Uh, public servant, uh, senior bureaucrat in the UK, who did take a uh, extended uh, uh, extended leave to uh, to run a pub in Northern Ireland with her with her husband. So I guess Boris would be looking for the publican's view, you know, a little there's bit a, of uh, a little bit of moderation, a little bit of understanding there. There's a there's a story out of the UK yesterday that the the report's been delayed because there were duty of care concerns for. The, the people who were named in the report. Um, one presumes mental health issues. And uh, an English friend of mine texted me yesterday to say, it's just as well these folks went around at Nuremberg, otherwise we wouldn't have been able to ask any questions because they would have been triggering. Oh, yeah, poor old, uh, poor old Herman Goring, you know, coming off his drug addiction, you know.